Welcome to Rolling Rocks Radio, hosted by Jerry Armentrout and Scott Barker. All right, welcome to Rolling Rocks Radio. I am Scott Barker, he is Jerry Armentrout, and we are rolling. Uh, well, wait a minute, we're not really. Governor Northam, that was a figure speech. We're not actually rolling, we're still in phase two. Uh, but here with Jerry Armentrout and Rolling Rocks Radio, where we talk all things Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and whiskey and mixed martial arts and anything else we find entertaining. So, Brother Jerry, how you doing today? Pretty good, pretty good. Another week hopefully closer to this ending and we can get back to jiu-jitsu full force yep so the the tipple of the night is templeton rye it is a rye whiskey from templeton distillery in iowa Um, it's probably the first rye that i've ever tried and it's a good training wheels rye for people who aren't used to it because it's a little bit mellower and not quite as spicy or hot as some other ryes that are out there on the uh, on the market so cheers brother jerry cheers all right so um you had some stuff you wanted to talk about uh today from the mixed martial arts standpoint well just watched ufc over the weekend and saw some you know they did their uh, second week in vegas at their uh, headquarters so it's a smaller cage it's a uh, Quite a bit, quite a difference, and it's a lot of newcomers this week. You had a lot of brand guys making, you know, guys and girls making their debuts. You had a couple of backups um, having to come in because of you know fight issues, and it was funny. The first three fights didn't even total three minutes. They were a 22 second, a 59 second, and like a 40 some second fights. Uh, but the thing that one of the people that I caught my eye is this girl from Kazakhstan, Mariah Agopo. Agapova. Agapova, yes. What he said. Uh, she fought Hannah Cyphers, who's no slouch. This is the, for the flop, you know, five weight division. But Mariah, she comes from, you know, she was a boxing champion back home. She used. Her striking to get close and then took Cyphers back like it was nothing and fight was over, rear naked choke. She trains with American top team and she's been training with Amanda Nunes. So you can see some of that, that using the striking to get to close the distance and then going right to the jujitsu, right to the ground. I mean, she put her, she took her back standing and then just took her down and put her out. Nice. Yeah, it was, it was impressive. And Andre, you know, Andre Philly went the distance with Charles Jourdain. Yeah, Philly won by split decision. That fight literally could have went either way. Those two guys beat each other pretty well. It was a good fight. Uh, probably the fight of the night. Excitement-wise, it's probably Marvin Vittori uh, fighting Carl Robertson. Apparently, they didn't like each other over uh, Robertson not making weight. And apparently, he didn't make weight this one, this time either. But because Vegas is different rules than Florida, they were allowed to fight anyway. And they were talking trash back and forth. 
and Marvin Vittori went in there and just put him down. And he manhandled him, took him down three times, and then choked him out. Yeah. Took his back and put him to sleep. Sounds like those were some good fights. I actually didn't get to see them, so the, the recap you gave me has been, uh, been really good. Mm -hmm. um, so you talked about, uh, last week we talked a little bit about uh, Henry Cejudo and um, Conor McGregor retiring, and I was, I was on the underground earlier this week, and I saw that there is a news report out of Brazil that is saying Amanda Nunes is considering retiring. Um, which you know kind of leads to the question are we at are we at a point in the sport where the champions are so dominant that they have nowhere else to go I, you can you can almost say that about Amanda Nunes she has beaten everybody the last the i mean Dana White talked about it he's like what's next uh, her fight in Shevchenko for the third time, we've seen it twice. It ended the same way. Yep. Both times. Uh, Megan Anderson, she said that she'll fight her, but is that going to be any different than, than any other fight? Because Nunez just seems like she's on a different level. And I don't know if she's going to retire because she's tired. She don't look like she's missing a step. She looks like she still enjoys training. She loves it. But... She's also getting married soon, so maybe she wants to be... And her girlfriend, it's either her girlfriend or Amanda Nunes. I'm not sure which. The article is not very clear. One of them is pregnant. It's probably not Nunes because she just fought. Yeah. Like last, what, two weeks ago. So yeah. I doubt, if I she doubt it's clear, her. Clear to fight if she was pregnant. Um, I'm falling down on my research. I will do better next week. But yeah, well, th that was one of the factors was that, you know that she was going to be a mom here pretty soon, so she was thinking about dipping out because of that. Um, but where else does she have to go? I mean, you know, like, like you said, the last time, or Valentina Shevchenko and, um, and Nunes have fought twice, once at UFC 196 and once at, at 215 at Bantamweight. Mm -hmm. It ended the same way. It, it's getting to the point where they're just looking for somebody to fog a mirror. Yeah. Right, who can match up, and you can say the same thing about Jones from a, one standpoint, Henry Cejudo from yep. the other. Right, the only person that could possibly be a spoiler to Cejudo is T.J. Dill Dillashaw, but they he, fought at 125 at, at Fight Night 143, and he suspended for a while. Yeah, because he had his little picogram yeah. issue. Oh um, no, he was worse than that. It was. His blood was thicker than yeah. Snicker. Yeah, because he was on EPO. Yeah, he was running some motor oil that night. Yeah. Um, so he's the only one that I think that, that could be a spoiler for Cejudo. And you look at Bones. I mean, Dominic Reyes, you know, you can argue whether or not he won that last fight. But, you know, I think the, the rematch... Reyes deserves a rematch based on his performance. And... I don't want to say that Bones is ducking him, but he's awful conspicuous about <clears throat> looking for other people and other weight classes to go to. Um, and so the other interesting thing about Cejudo, I don't know if you noticed this, but on the UFC webpage, there is no picture of the champion at either of his weight classes. Well, the one he's no longer, they're going to, uh, his title will go up for grabs. Uh, 
this weekend, well, not this weekend, I think it's next weekend, between Jose Aldo and Peter Yan are fighting for one of his vacant titles. Uh, okay, I missed that. <clears throat> so they've already stripped him of, the, of at least a flyweight. Okay. So that's up for grabs. Now, the other one, I don't know about yet, but I do know there's already a fight for, for this one. Uh, Cejudo seems like he's interested in boxing. They keep putting up videos of him working with, with Mike Tyson, of all people, working the body. Uh, there's been, you know, he said he's interested in a boxing match. He can make more money and it be easier on his body because he ain't got to worry about getting kicked or taken down. Uh, so we'll see. I mean, with John Jones, I think John Jones is just bored. He comes in, he beats pretty much everybody. I mean, he beat Daniel Cormier. I mean, he's probably going to go down as one of the legends. You know, he's top at 10, heavyweight, top 10 at heavyweight. And he beats everybody but John Jones and Stevie Miocic. But they're going to have their trilogy fight in August, so we'll see. And I have a feeling that's going to be it for DC and possibly for Stipe. This could be the last fights for both. Then you've got uh, Kamara Usman who can't get a fight. No one wants to fight him. I mean, they're, they literally threw... Gilbert Burns is getting a title shot. You know, a lot faster than he's was probably wise. You know. Yeah, but he had a good performance his last outing, though. But he beat a Tyron Woodley, who's on the other side of his career. Oh yeah. I mean, Woodley hasn't been the same since he fought Wonder Boy twice. True. The one person I'd love to see, you know, going back to Jones being bored, the one person I'd love to see come back is Rumble Johnson. I think that would be a. I think that would be a good fight. Yes, but Rumble, but Rumble made it clear that he was getting tired of getting kicked in the face. Well, yeah. And, and he's making, like, untold money working as a for the Rams or... Yeah, he's an athlete, athletic advisor, advisor for the Rams or something. Or something. Yeah. So yeah. He's, he, he actually said he, he kind of wanted to come back and fight a heavyweight, but he'd only come back to heavyweight. Did you see the picture of him? Yeah. He's ginormous. He's got on some weight. Dude's got shoulders on shoulders. It's yeah, it's kind of scary. Yeah, he's he's been doing a lot of lifting. You know, he's not worried about weight class anymore. Now he says he'll come back and fight heavyweight. Does he beat a DC? Does he beat a Stipe? Does he beat a John Jones? I don't know. But there's a lot of fights that you could throw his way that he would be fine. I mean, there's a lot of young and upcoming. Uh, heavyweights that this will be a good test for. Hey, get on there and fight you know, Rumble. See how it goes for you. You know, look at Glover Texera. I mean, uh, that dude's in his 40s and just got it done against Lionheart Anthony Smith, who not long ago fought John Jones for a title and put in a good showing too. It was a that was a competitive yeah. match. Yeah. I mean, he, it 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 went to a, it went to a decision, but it was a good it was a good match. Yeah, he. He went the distance with John Jones and then gets stopped by Grover Texera, which shows you that sometimes these older guys, they're not quite done yet, that they've still got some tricks up their sleeves. So who would, um, if you had to do a dream matchup for uh, Nunez, Jones, and um, Cejudo for their, their last guess, for the last outing, who would it be? Cejudo... If Cody Carbrandt can make weight, I think that'd be a good fight. And he says he can make weight. And 
that would be interesting because that's two strikers. Those two guys would probably would probably beat each other, and then they're both decent on the ground. So that would be that. John Jones. I like seeing. I, I I'm actually interested in seeing him fight Francis Ngannou because I think that big boy is going to send John Jones into orbit, and because I think the weight difference and the power difference is going to be something. Then again, he you know. Stipe manhandled and ragdolled Francis, so John gets him down. It's a n- different thing, but you never know. Yeah, but he tilted Overeem's head back like a rock'em ah. sock'em robot. That was the knockout of uh, all knockouts. Yeah. So it's yeah. So Francis and Gano, that because there really isn't anybody right now in that division that I think besides maybe a rematch with Dominic Reyes, that would interest me. Now that Anthony Leinhardt got just demolished, it's like, well, I don't want to see that fight again. And then there's no real anybody surging forward to make make a weight. You got Israel, you know, saying, you know, the style bender saying he'll fight John Jones. He'll go up and wait and fight him. But, you know, Israel's probably the only one that probably has quite a few opponents to look forward to. Yeah, that division's a lot deeper than light heavyweight. And the, the question with Adesanya is, would would he still be style bender at 205? I think it'd be too much weight for him. Yeah. I think it I think it would change his whole style. I don't think he'd be able to move like a karate fighter. I don't think he'd be able to be able to move and pivot like he does. We've seen the same thing with Michael Venom Page. Michael Venom Page at Bellator was is there you know pretty almost like that that same style bounces around does some wild stuff he put a little weight on and he slowed down and then he's getting knocked out so you gotta be careful with the weight stuff because yeah for sure you cut too much then you're depleted you put on too much and you can't do anything because your body's just not used to it i mean think about mcgregor versus diaz the first time mcgregor you know had a Quit training and eat and eat and eat just to make the 170. Still only coming at 168. And you could tell he was gassed out in the first round. Because it's just he, his body wasn't used to carrying that much weight. So you have, you know, it's it's different trying to put weight on. For Amanda Nunes, I don't know of any woman right now that... A rematch with Cyborg, but she, she, as quickly as she got starched, I don't think she'd even want to fight. I'd like to see the rematch with Cyborg just from the standpoint of, I don't want to, I don't want to say that Cyborg got caught because it, she didn't get caught. She got manhandled. But the thing about Nunez's strategy against Cyborg was Cyborg's used to people wanting to stay on the outside and try to play that that Muay Thai game. And Nunez really came in and, and stayed inside and went for that kind of, not brawler style, but a more close-in um, fight. And I'd like to see Cyborg have that rematch knowing what she knows now. Cyborg was, is always the bully in her fights. She's always the one pressing forward and everyone else is backing up. And she got bullied. Nunez got bullied. Nunez came in and bullied her. Nunez came in and went right after her. And much to the credit of her camp, they said that, you know, Cyborg drops her hands. 
early on because she's not used to people coming at her. She don't keep her hands up. And Nunez tagged her and then beat her down. And it's it was you know a perfect game plan. Now Cyborg knows it's going forward. Does this change anything? I don't know, but it's it's worth. It'd be interesting. I, someone I wanted to see her fight before, but she left and went to Bellator's Becker Rollins because she likes to brawl. Now, will Nunez brawl with her or take her down? I don't know. But Becker Rollins was the women's bare-knuckle champion when she left the UFC. She likes to fight. She can throw hands. She is all about boxing. Yeah, but and does she have the does she have the chin to, to withstand Nunez's power? I mean, Nunez has got power like you you there's no no one else in in that weight class in the women's division that 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 has that power. It's not just her power, it's the way she throws. She she throws probably the most perfect punch in MMA. She throws it from her feet up. I mean, it's almost textbook. She don't throw sloppy punches. She doesn't just throw haymakers. She throws lasers. She just puts these missiles out there. And she's accurate. She knows where she's aiming. She's not just throwing hands to throw hands. She is... Everything's being aimed. And she's working you. And it's, you can see it. Her, two weeks ago, she defended her title. I mean, she, it wasn't even a close of a fight. She just, you know, man, just beat down somebody else. So I'd like, like I said, I've, I've made it pretty clear. I'd like to see Cyborg get a rematch against Nunez. Bones, I, I still would like to see Rumble Johnson because that was we were kind of we kind of robbed of that fight. Yeah. If he goes up to heavyweight, it's kind of an open thing. Engano um, would be fun. That would be like an old school Pride Freak show. Yes. Kind a, of a, fight. A, um, a, a, a rising fight where yeah. you're just watching it to watch it. But the, the the difference is it's a freak show fight yeah. where both of the freaks are good fighters. Yes, right. Yes. It, it's not like where um, oh it wasn't Kat Zingano, but it was uh, the chick who the, the uh, sorry the lady from uh, Ryzen who fought the sixty five year old woman. Oh yes, Gabby. Uh, uh, Gabby Gar- Garcia. Gabby Garcia. Yeah, when Gabby Garcia fought the sixty five year old wrestler. Uh, wrestler. Pro yeah, wrestler in Japan. In Japan. Um, you know, Overeem, I think, would be a good fight, but Overeem's taking too many shots to the head. He's starting to get a little, he's starting to get a little vulnerable um, to, to knockouts. To knockouts, and and he was he's been. God, I remember when Overeem made his debut in uh, Pride. You know, as the Demolition Man, he had the ham, the big hammer that he carried out to the. The uh, uh, the ring with him. I remember when he made his uh, his debut against uh, uh, Sergey Heratonov. Uh, that was a hell of a fight. Um, but the one thing I'd like to see Henry Cejudo, and I don't know if the dude could make weight, but I'd like to see Cejudo versus Uriah Faber. I think that would be a fun fight. It would be a fun fight, but I don't know if Uriah's got anything left. He's been through so many wars. I mean, it's yeah, but his last outing versus um, Chael Sonnen's uh, teammate, um, not Nicky Rod, but he looked good and he yes, won. But it's it's still, I don't. It, it would be an interesting fight, but 
And I'm probably, you know, the, that's a dream. It's it's yeah, uh, you know, sports sports guys' dreams. I mean, because if you want to talk real good fights, I want to see Fedor from 15 years ago. Oh, uh, okay. Now we're getting it. Yeah. Now we're Fight getting into John Jones. Yeah. I want to see that. I, you know, that's what I want to see. I want to see a Fedor come to the UFC 15, 20 years ago when he still was legit, not now when he's uh, pretty much done. I mean, Bellator, he, he showed up at Bellator and made a, a good showing of himself. He made a good run. Um, he made Chel Sonnen look silly. Well, Sonnen tried that stupid fucking shoulder roll and... Hey guys, sorry for the brief interruption. We had a visitor drop by and we stopped recording for a second to catch up. So, back to your regularly scheduled program. So, after a brief interlude, we are back. Before we get started, um, I want to give a shout out to uh, Ground Shark Coffee. So, Ground Shark Coffee is run by my friend Nick Lowry out of Colorado. Um, he's a jiu-jitsu black belt, and he quit his job to, uh, to follow his dream of... Uh, setting up a coffee company. They've got really great uh, coffee. We drink whiskey at night, but in the morning we drink coffee, and Ground Shark's one of my favorite brands. Um, they are not a sponsor of the show. The reason I want to bring them up is they're doing something pretty cool. As um, some of the jiu-jitsu community may know, the 10th Planet Long Beach gym um, burned down the 1st of uh, June in the um, the social unrest going on out in California. Um, the 10th Planet Gym was not the target. They were located in a strip mall that one of the shops um, was was set fire to and it ended up taking the, the whole uh, strip mall down. So what Nick and the team at Ground Shark Coffee is doing is they've just released their new Horizon Blend. And they are taking 10% um, of all the proceeds from the sale of their Horizon Blend coffee and donating it to the rebuilding effort for the 10th Planet Long Beach community. Um, they're also doing, the 10th Planet Long Beach team is also doing a GoFundMe. So you can either support yourself and support 10th Planet Long Beach by buying some coffee from Ground Shark Coffee Company or you can go directly to the GoFundMe and just donate um, to the 10th Planet Long Beach rebuilding effort. Um, so if you, you can do a Google search for Ground Shark Coffee and find it there. We'll put a link to the, uh, the Horizon Blend uh, and as well as the 10th Planet Long Beach GoFundMe in the show notes. So you can find them there. Um, but... If you need some good coffee, check out Ground Shark Coffee. Get you some Horizon Blend and help out the 10th Plant Long Beach team. Um, so sounds good. The coffee's good. I drink it. I've I've actually started. I was using it to make uh, cold brew out of because it makes a real good cold brew. Yeah, you. Uh, I gave you that Blue Belt Blend, yep. right? Yep. Yeah, the Blue Belt Blend is pretty awesome. Um, so now that we're talking jujitsu, I was I was having a thought the other day. So. As you guys know, um, we talked a little bit about it last episode. Here at Total Defense Martial Arts, we're still under phase one of the Virginia COVID response, which means we can't have any physical contact during our classes. So we're doing um, basically drills and what we like to call jujitsu size. 
uh, classes where we do cardio and line drills and solo drills. Um, but talking to our head coach, Brian Rose, last week he was talking about some of the, the classes that he was doing, um, and he mentioned that he was doing a class on nothing but shrimping. And I, my first question was, well, how in the heck do you do an entire class about shrimping? But going back and thinking about it, um, Jerry and I teach uh, the kids' class um, occasionally uh, here at Total Defense Martial Arts, or we're assistant coaches um, in support of a, a higher-ranking coach. And um, shrimping is one of the first things you learn in jiu-jitsu. And it's first things you forget. And it's also one of the hardest things to figure out. Yep. It's very difficult to teach. It's a strange body mechanic for some people. And either you get it immediately or it takes you forever to learn. Yes. And in thinking about it a little, a little bit, I think it comes down to the hip hinge. The fact that it's a hip hinge movement, sort of like um, the way a proper... Well, not a proper squat, but a proper deadlift or a proper good morning should be done. Because of our sedentary lifestyle, we don't do hip hinges very often in every day. And, you know, when people bend over to pick something up, they either bend at the waist and flex their spine or they bend at the knees. They don't actually do a hip hinge to pick anything up. Um, so... Like I said, when, when I'm teaching or I'm helping teach the kids class, one of my biggest frustrations is trying to teach kids how to do a shrimp. And one thing that struck me, um, one of the dads who's, who's one, of our, uh, one of our teammates jumped in to help out with class, and we were training shrimps, teaching shrimps that day. And he jumped down on the mat and said, hey, you know, how do you want to do this? And we started showing the kids partner shrimps or buddy shrimps. And, and it, was, uh, it was kind of an epiphany for me where we try to teach this body mechanic that doesn't make sense. We try to teach this movement pattern. And it's like, well, how in the heck am I supposed to use this, right? Because you remember your first jiu-jitsu yes. class. I remember my first jiu-jitsu class. And it was, we did shrimps. And it's, okay, how do I do this and where am I going to use it? Right, and it doesn't make sense until much later in the process of where you're going to use the shrimp, and the answer to where are you going to use the shrimp is everywhere. If you use the shrimp, pretty much every roll you can, you may need to use the shrimp to get away, to get a better position, to prevent prevent somebody from taking mount, to get out someone in mount, to get out of side control. Yeah, shrimping becomes a big deal, but you don't think about it when you're learning it because, like you said, it's a weird movement. You've got to, you're on your back, you've got to arc up on one foot, you got to get your underside all the way up, you got to keep your hands close, and then you're pivoting on your, like you said, on your hip, and you're kind of balling up to where it's like, am I really moving? But you are moving enough, and you're moving your body away. And you're moving your hips to have all the control away. And you're giving your hips room to move. And that's always, for people who listen that know jujitsu, you know your hips are the key. And being able to get your hips free may prevent you from, <laughs> from getting submitted. 
Yeah, so if you're having trouble with shrimping, um, this is just something that I figured out. Ask your coach to do partner shrimps with you because it just having the ability to post your hands on your partner's ankles mm-hmm. or shins Shin. and then figure out that you need to get your hips past their feet it enforces the movement pattern that you're going for in a shrimp that might not make sense if you're doing it alone on the mat by yourself. Um, like I said, epiphany for me in when I was helping with kids class one day, and it's, it's a very difficult uh, movement pattern for people who, um, you know, they have a sedentary lifestyle, they have a desk job, you know, people who are more athletic or who um, you know, do gymnastics or they do... Um, other movement-based activities, they may catch on more readily. Um, but do do partner shrimps or buddy shrimps if you're having trouble with your shrimping because it'll it'll help enforce that movement pattern um, a little bit better than solo drills. Yeah, plus I, when you're doing it with a partner, you can see the whole what it actually does because you're pushing off of them and you're moving away from them. And you're moving in a way that you're protecting yourself because you're protecting your, you can protect your face and your, your abdomen, your chest. So if someone's trying to kick you, you it, it brings if to fruition of what your, the whole point of it is. If someone's standing over you and you need to get away and you're shrimping away from him, now you can actually see. You're not just going up and down the mat. And doing it just to warm up, and you're just kind of hustling through. Because most people, if you watch people shrimp, especially as a warm up, they're just doing them as quick as they can. They're not doing them correctly. They're just doing them. And then when they need to do them, they don't know how. Yep, Roger that. So, shrimping, it's very important for jujitsu. Um, so, one other thing we talked about on the last episode was the name of the podcast, Rolling Rocks Radio. And I promised that I would give everybody some insight into how we named it. Like I said, it's not hard. So rolling, that's the jiu-jitsu term for sparring. That's what we all really love to do. We'd rather roll than do line drills. Um, rocks, we drink whiskey. Whiskey is usually drank on the rocks. And radio is because I love alliteration, and I thought it sounded good coming out as Rolling Rocks Radio. So that's how we came up with the name. Not hard, no mystery, but... That's how we got here. Um, so, Jerry, what else you got for us this evening? Well, just trying to, you know, people need to try to stay in shape. Keep your mind clear. I know a lot of people use jujitsu like I do for not only as exercise, but it's kind of a mental escape because being in the gym with like-minded people that become your friends and your family, it helps ease all the stress from day-to-day life be it work or family, anything. It does help. It's an escape. This this is an escape. So just always, if you can't train right now, still take care of yourself. If you're not with your gym buddies, you know, most of them are still your buddies. Still reach out to them. You know? Reach out to each other. You know? Keep your... Keep your mind in shape as well as your body. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit earlier tonight before we uh, started recording. It, I, it's important that everybody have something that's theirs, that's special to them, 
that they use to improve themselves. It doesn't have to be jujitsu. Jerry and I are partial to jujitsu, obviously, <laughs> but if you're always around, if you're always around your spouse and you do everything with your spouse together, that that sounds very sweet and very romantic. But after a little while, what the heck do you have to talk about? If you don't have an individual interest that grows you in a way that is separate from your spouse, um, you know, it's important that you have something that's your own um, because it will make you, it'll make you a better spouse. It'll make you a better parent. It'll make you a better employee. Um, like I said, Jerry and I are, are, are rather partial to jujitsu. Um, it has some benefits all, um, all on its own, but it's important that you have something that's your own to keep your mind fresh and to keep, um, everything else fresh in your relationships. So we'd love to see you down here at total defense martial arts. Once we get into phase three and we can accept new students. Um, but if jujitsu is not your thing, um, still find something to do, um, to continue your personal growth, um, you know, outside of, of your relationships, um, uh, because it'll just make your relationship stronger. Um, that's our Dr. Phil moment for the night, I guess. That's our touchy-feely moment. That's our touchy-feely moment. Um, and Governor Northam, that's a figure of speech. We're not actually touchy-feely tonight. Um, that we're saving that for phase three. So um, it's all good. Well, um, I think we've been running for about 35, 40 minutes, roughly. Um, you got any parting thoughts for us, Jerry? It's hard to top the first one. Because that, that yeah. was for the moment, but it kind of fit. Uh, just everybody, whether you, no matter where you come from or who you are, what you do day to day, everybody has a story. Everybody has a life. Always remember to be proud of your story. Don't worry about somebody else's. Don't worry about what they're doing or what they say they're doing. Worry about you. Always make you the star of your own story. We get lost, I think, in watching other people on social media and seeing these wonderful things and then you want to be them. But you don't know if that's really them or if that's just makeup or how happy they are doing what they're claiming that makes them happy. So always be you. Do what makes you happy. Make sure you're, the, like I said, make sure you're the star of your own story. Don't change to meet somebody else or to fulfill what you think other people want to see. Because all you're going to end up in being is empty and you're not going to know who you are. That's all I got. Yeah, that's good, Jerry. And that that ties into... One of the main tenets of jujitsu, actually, and that's your your biggest competition is yourself. Yep. And your journey, um, you shouldn't be judging your journey about based on what other people are doing. You should be judging yourself against your own personal growth and who you were yesterday. And are you better than you were yesterday? And when it comes to you know the social media platforms. And the, the perception that people are putting out there, don't ever compare yourself to anybody else. As long as you're growing and you're getting better every day, 
that's all that matters. And I would challenge everybody who's listening to try to do something to better yourself every day. Um, you know, we have a lot of messaging going on right now that, you know, it's okay to, you know, it, it's okay to come out of COVID five pounds heavier. It's okay to come out of COVID um, in worse shape. It's okay to come out of COVID not having changed at all. And you should not look at COVID that way and you should not look at every day of your life that way. You should be striving to improve some way every day of your life. Um, don't, don't be lured by the tyranny of, of soft expectations. Continue to strive, continue to challenge yourself, continue to get better. But don't fall into the trap of comparing yourself to somebody else because that message that somebody else is portraying to Jerry's point, it might not be real. You're seeing their you're seeing their best day on the internet, and you should never compare yourself to somebody's fake best day. Yes, you're. Everybody has a best day. Everybody has a worst day, and then we have everything in between. And we should live every day. Don't don't phone it in. Don't give it up. Try. And like Scott said, try to do something new every day. And it's not anything major. You don't have to learn something expansive. Learn a new word. Learn how to cook an egg better. Learn something about the origin of your name. It could be something simple. But learn something. Do something. Try something. It don't. It, you could just be, you know, lifting something lifting more weight today than you did yesterday or just trying to set a new record for yourself it could be anything but always persevere to do something different it could be something as simple as just saying hello to somebody you've never said hello to, to before say hello to a perfect stranger that's something different just always persevere to be you because nobody else wants to be you so you might as well be you there you go all right. Is that all you got, brother? That's what I got for tonight. All right, man. You've been listening to Rolling Rocks Radio. Thank you for joining us. He's Jerry Armantrout. I'm Scott Barker. We'll see you next week. Cheers, brother. Cheers. So a couple of corrections for tonight's episode. Alistar Overeem's debut in Pride was not against Sergei Heratonov. It was against Yusuke Imamura at Pride uh, FC the best volume two. He did, however, fight um, Sergey Heratonov at Pride Thirty One Dreamers. Uh, so, slight correction there. And also in the shout out to Ground Shark Coffee, I mentioned that Nick was a, a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. He's actually a Brazilian Jiu Jitsu blue belt, but I think so much of him that I just automatically associate him as a black belt. So, anyway, slight corrections, but we'll get it right next time. Thanks, guys. The music from tonight's episode was But I Am Shafts of Light by Maya from their album Wailing Village.